Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. Today is How To Tuesday on how to keep your flies and lures um, in good condition, organized, and uh, rust-free. That's a huge thing. Now, one of the things that, uh, a trick that I've learned over the years, I learned it from one of my best customers, Fitz Coker. I think he's probably uh, one of the very finest tarpon fishermen to ever live. And he also was a, a good fly tire. He didn't tie production flies. He tied a couple of flies and they would work. And then he'd have them reproduced in the, by the dozens and dozens and dozens. And he had one of the most impressive fly boxes I've ever, ever seen. But what was most impressive about it was when he opened it up for the first time, he was keeping his flies in a way that I had never really seen before. And as it turned out, it was the best way that I ever, that I ever found uh, and I still use it today. So that's what we're going to talk about. And there's a couple of couple of cool things. So we just had uh, Fly Tire on, Drew Chacon, and he was talking about the importance of, of material selection and all kinds of stuff during this conversation. Tarpon fly tires and tarpon fishermen, um, the material that you use and the way that you tie it on is crucially, crucially, crucially important to your success. You need um, hackles on the tarpon fly that are wide and have a stiff enough uh, stem so that when you're casting, they don't get fouled. And if you don't know what that is, the term a fouled fly, a fouled fly is a fly that one of the feathers or multiple feathers kind of gets caught around the hook bend a little bit. And instead of pointing straight out the back, might be pointing down at a at a 90 degree angle down towards the bottom of the ocean rather than in a streamlined fashion to where that looks like a real critter. Well, you might get out there as a fishing guide and put your client in exactly the right position and work with them on their casting and finally get it out there perfectly, absolutely perfectly. The fish are coming. You have them stripped. They're doing exactly what you are telling them to, exactly when you're telling them, and it is going to happen. You see a fish peel off. He's following the fly. He gets his nose balanced on the end of the fly, follows, 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 and does not eat it. When you pick the fly up out of the water, one of the feathers is wrapped around the fly, and you have a fouled fly. It is soul-crushing 
it is a terrible thing to happen to anyone. It happens often to people that are novice fly tires and don't know how to tie the fly in a way that it won't foul. It happens to people who store their flies improperly. It happens just out of sheer bad luck sometimes, even if all other things are going right. Fly tires, good fly tires over the years have come up with little mono loops to help with this issue. Um, and, and that is really good. I insist that my flies are tied with mono loops to keep it, the flies from fouling or to help keep them from fouling. Um, but another thing is simply how you're storing the fly, which is completely within your control. So if you contract with a very good fly tire, he's going to, you have six patterns that you like or 10 patterns or 12 patterns or whatever, and you contract them to tie, you know, four dozen of each in preparation for your uh, tarpon season. Um, that can be great. And you have plenty of flies and they're all really nice. But if you store them improperly, you may take a, a really well-known fly tires work and uh, be disappointed in it because the feathers were crushed in, in the fly box that you're keeping them in. Uh, maybe they were malformed or whatever. And now when you throw the fly out there, it fouls. Okay, so getting to the point. The point is, is that there is a better way uh, or there is a really good way of storing the flies. And this is what I learned from Fitz Coker. Each fly, when you get them, most of my tarpon flies are around three inches long. Some longer, some shorter. But on, the, on average, most of them are around three inches. Each one of Fitz's flies was individually packaged in a sleeve, in a plastic sleeve, um, very similar to what you see in the store when you buy a jig or, a, or um, uh, anything, a leader in the store. It comes in like an individually uh, packaged deal, just a sleeve. And um, it's just a small plastic bag. And the ones that he had when I first saw them were just perfect size for the fly. So he would have each one of his flies in one of those, and then he would keep them in a Plano 3700 or 3600 tackle box. And that was great. Um, and it was, it, was, uh, it was definitely a great way to keep them. You could have the divider set up to where you could keep a dozen, maybe even two dozen flies in one of the compartments. You could have many different compartments. So he would have, he would have you know, a dozen brown flies, a dozen runaround Sioux, a dozen uh, yellow, orange, and grizzlies, a ye uh, you know, whatever your patterns are, he would have them set up there. And um, he had a ver very well-organized fly box. But what was great about it is that none of his flies were ever rusty. None of his flies ever, um, you know, came out um, malformed or, or the feathers were bent. In fact, they were pristine. When they came out of this bag, they looked like they had just come off the vise. And when you put them in the water, they swam perfectly. And so I saw this and I was like, man, this is great because there's other ways you can keep them. I used to, before we tied um, knots like the, like the Slim Beauty, the two-turn blood knot before fluorocarbon was, was something that we used all the time. We used to tie uh, a 12-inch shock tippet. Then it would have a bimini twist and a huffnagel knot and all of this, this, all of these crazy knots. And then we would keep the flies in a leader stretcher case. 
One of my friends, Captain Earl Waters, made the best one. It would hold 50 flies, and it was necessary to have this case because the old-style monofilament that we used, if we used 60 or 80-pound, some people were using 100-pound back then, if you didn't keep it under tension, it would kind of go back to the to the uh, 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 shape of the spool. So it would kind of, if you just left it on its own to its own, it would go back to the to kind of a, a curved shape, and it wouldn't swim well in the water. So in order to get the fly to swim well in the water, you would straighten out the monofilament, and then you would keep that under tension. So there would be like a little elastic band on one end. You'd put the fly there. You'd uh, take the knot and put it in a little notch in one of these leader stretchers, and you could keep 50 pre-tied leaders ready to go with a fly on them. That was a pretty nice setup, except that you would usually only have one or two flies that uh, were really working that day. So you'd have 48 other flies rigged and ready to go that you didn't really want to use. That was kind of the problem with that. As fluorocarbon became something that um, was more available, Obviously, we started seeing the advantages to fluorocarbon, one of which was I could straighten it out by hand right on the boat. So I could take 60-pound fluorocarbon, and instead of having to go through this rigmarole that uh, a younger angler right now wouldn't even believe that we had to do, we used to have to cut um, pieces of monofilament. I would put them in a, in a PVC tube, pour hot water uh, over, the, over the monofilament. It would straighten out. And then we would have to keep, you know, 18-inch sections of, of pre-straightened mono in a small PVC tube. And that was kind of the deal. If you wanted to tie a leader on the boat, you had to have one of these pre-straightened uh, pieces of tippet. Fluorocarbon changed everything. And when fluorocarbon changed everything by the ability to just straighten that out in the boat just by pulling on it with, you know, a gloved hand or, or, you know, even barehanded a lot of times, then it changed everything. It changed the knots we used. It changed the way that we store the flies. And so I went to, got, I got rid of the, the leader stretcher. I didn't use that anymore and went to fluorocarbon and keeping my flies like I'm going to describe now. This was way, way better because I could keep way more flies. I could tie the leader quickly on the boat it took way less prep work, and I never was uh, was out of the flies that were were working. So what I would do is I would get all the flies tied for the season, um, and of course you're going to tie flies throughout the season. But you have new flies. I would get them and I would put them in individual uh, sleeves, or I would even send the sleeves to the fly tire and say, you know, when you finish these up, slip them into one of these sleeves. And then send me the flies like that. So if I was going to get a dozen flies, uh, 12 flies would show up and they would all be in these sleeves, in these small little plastic sleeves. Then I would take those and I would put them directly into a Plano 3700 box. And this is the vault. This is the vault uh, where I keep the bulk of the flies on the boat. Um, and so I would keep these in a very dry place and I would have you know, maybe, maybe 10 dozen, maybe 12 dozen flies in one of these boxes. And I could keep them all in these sleeves and I could keep maybe a dozen in each one of the dividers. And when it came time to put on a new fly, I would pull out a fly. It would be pristine. It would look just like it came off the vise, like I said, and tie that thing on with a loop knot and we were ready to go. 
uh, if I was going to reuse that fly, I would, you know, put it on the carpet, let it dry out, uh, put, put some fresh water on it, and then let it dry out. Uh, I wouldn't put it back in the box. So the system that we're going to go over right now is designed to be the vault. This is where you're going to keep all of your, um, all of your new flies, the ones that come from the fly tire, the ones that you tie, tie yourself, the ones that you buy at the store or whatever. This is how you can keep them in a way to where they're going to be completely um, uh, protected. They're going to be in a way that the feathers are nice and um, organized so that, the, that when you do throw the fly in the water, it's going to swim like it's supposed to. And then... Um, you're going to, if you reuse that fly or whatever, that's fine. It doesn't go back in the box. This box is only for new flies. So I get these bags at uh, a place called Johnson Bag Company. Now, <laughs> they sell them by the thousand or by the 5,000. So I have um, plenty of bags from just a couple of orders. So I'm working my way through them. I'm sure that there are other places that sell bags like this. And the bag that I'm talking about is a bag that's called a side-welded um, bag. What I want is I want it to be the thickness of a um, freezer Ziploc bag rather than a, another Ziploc bag. And you'll see that they'll sell them by different thicknesses. I like the two millimeter thick bag rather than the one and a half millimeter thick bag. And what I'm looking for is, you know, and this may be different for you, depending on what fish you're fishing for and uh, where you're fishing, what your patterns look like. Most of the flies that I'm using for tarpon are about three inches long and about an inch, you know, top to bottom. Okay. So I'm looking for a bag that is one and a half inches wide at the most. They also sell one and a quarter inch bags, which I have a bunch of those and those work really well. So one and a quarter inches by four inches. That's my favorite size for this. And most of the flies, like I say, are three inches. So they fit very nicely in this four inch bag. And they're, I want it to be pretty tight from top to bottom. I want the fly to slip in there and I don't want it to have a lot of room to move around. So if your flies have a lot more, uh, maybe you're fishing with toads, maybe you're fishing with heavily hackled flies. Maybe you want the one and a half inch wide bag by the four inch long. I also will buy um, some bags that are one and a half inch by five inch so that I can put, you know, the rabbit tail, um, toads, some of the, some of the game changer flies, some of the uh, David Mangum's flies in there, the, the, the dragon tails, all of that, some longer ones. I'll, I'll have some different bags of different sizes, but for the most part, I'm talking about feathered flies that uh, will fit in a one and a quarter by four inch little bag. Now you have the option to get a Ziploc on the end or not. I prefer the ones that do not have the Ziploc on the end. And the reason why is because when you Ziploc these, there's a little bit of air in, in the bag. Uh, as much as you try to get it out, there's still going to be air in there. As you start to put a dozen flies in one of these little dividers, that air adds up and you will see that you can get far more flies um, in a divider if you do not have the Ziploc on the end. So I don't like, I don't like the Ziploc on the end. Um, that's my preference. Maybe you, maybe you like it. It doesn't matter. Um, but I want 
you know, and I, and I like to keep these flies kind of, kind of tight next to one another. So, um, it's kind of like you're stacking books on a bookshelf and the weight of the books or, or just having a book next to it kind of keeps the book nice and closed and it keeps it the way that it's supposed to. I feel the same way for, for the flies. Now, I would then make sure that there was not going to be any water in this box at all. So I would take, um, you know, some desiccant patch, pouches and maybe put one of those within the box. As this whole system started to improve um, was when companies like Plano came out with um, boxes that had a waterproof seal. They have like an O-ring around them. So I would I moved over to that kind of a that kind of a box because it was it was obviously better. This is my vault. I'm not. It's not like a. a, a I'm not going to take this out on the water with me. Like if I went wading or something, I'm not taking this box. I would take a couple flies out, put it, put them in my pocket, um, and then I would just keep this in the box in the boat in a safe and dry place. Pull it out, get the fly out that I need, and uh, and work out of it like that. Um, now. Plano has even something else that I'm really excited about now, and I'm going to move over everything to this new system. They just came out with the edge tackle boxes. And so what these are is the the newest, it's like building a better mousetrap. All of a sudden, you know, things, things improve. So how can you improve a tackle box? Well, you can make, you can make, you know, make it watertight. That's one way that you can improve it. You can make it a little more durable, obviously. All of these things have happened over the years. And now one of the things, the big thing that's happened is, is that there's a rust preventative chemical that is now molded into the plastic. Okay, so rust is the enemy in, in all of this. If your flies are rusty, they are compromised. You will set the hook on a tarpon and... You'll be fighting that tarpon and you'll think, oh, well, I didn't bow enough or this or that. You pull the fly in and it's broken right at the bend. Okay. If you have rust on the flies, that happens. Sometimes the tips break off on the, on the flies. You don't want rusty flies. You want a pristine, perfect hook on your flies. This is how you're going to get it there. Keep the flies in these little sleeves. And then what I'm doing now is moving over to this edge tackle box. And the edge tackle box has the what they call the restrictor, some sort of chemical that's molded into the bottom of the box. So I used to use these little cardboard cards that had some stuff sprayed on them, and those are supposed to help. Now, this, this is the deal. These boxes will help to prevent rust by having that chemical molded into it. So you're not going to have to replace any cards or anything like that. It's going to stay there. Then, in addition to that, the divider is made out of a desiccant material. So if you had to get a fly out while it was raining or whatever, you got a couple of couple of drops of rain in your in your fly box or whatever, these dividers, this is the genius part of this whole thing. The dividers are made out of a desiccant material. It will absorb and trap that that moisture, making it even better uh, for keeping your flies perfectly preserved. So now you've got the restrictor in it. You've got the desiccant material. You've got a waterproof latch on there that's really good. The box is more heavy-duty and durable than anything that they produced before. And it's perfectly clear so that you can look at the box and you can see exactly what's inside. That's, that's big. So this is what I'm going to, the new Edge one from Plano. You should check it out. But, you know, 
even if you don't use that box, going to these sleeves is going to be a major upgrade from how you may have been keeping them in some sort of a, of a box. Tarbon flies are definitely not meant to live in, you know, a ripple foam fly box. You'll close the box on it. It'll mash down the feathers. You're going to leave them there for a night, a week, a month, uh, however long you pick it up. And, and the feathers don't want to go back to their normal way. They're, they're, they're compromised. That fly is probably going to foul. Bad idea. Um, so if you go to these, these small bags, I think you're going to be very happy about that. I use them for not only tarpon flies, but also for bonefish flies. And I can put my bonefish flies in the same way, keep them exactly the same. And for bonefishing or red fishing or any, any flies like that, I'll, I'll keep my flies exactly the same way. I'm going to have a vault box that I'm going to keep in my, in my tackle bag. And then I'm going to have kind of a working box where after I've used some flies or if I think I might jump out of the boat and go wading or, or whatever, I'm going to have, you know, three or four of my favorite flies on a ribble foam box and, uh, and have a good variety there so I can just grab that box and go. But I'm not going to store all my flies there because that's a good recipe for um, ruining your flies. For example, if you've got the fly box in your pocket, and you wade a little deep and you get your whole fly box wet, that's a problem. And if you don't, um, you know, rinse those flies off with fresh water and let them dry out, um, you're probably going to get some hook breakage down the road. And it's probably going to happen on the fish that you definitely don't want it to happen on. So what I'll do is I have a vault box where I will keep my, my you know, this is where I keep my powder dry. This is where most of my flies are going to live. I'll have a working box and then the carpet in the boat or the sea deck in the boat or the little fly patch that you have or whatever, however you're using uh, when you change flies, that's where that fly goes. You're going to try to reuse that fly as, as quickly as you can. If it gets rusty, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to. But um, anyway, that's that's how you do it. So I have really, really three things, the little fly patch, the the working box, and then the vault for both the uh, tarpon flies and the and the bonefish flies, redfish flies, barracuda flies, all that stuff. Obviously, this new box is going to work great for lures. That's what it was designed for. We're using it in a in a fly fishing uh, uh, situation right here. What we're talking about now, but uh, it's made for lures. So lures are quite the same. Um, when I buy a bunch of jigs from my friend Paul Tahera backbone jigs, those stay in the plastic sleeves that they're sold in. And I keep those all in the box and the deer hair, uh, the bucktail that's on the end, it stays just like the fly or the, uh, the fly tire wanted or the jig tire wanted it to be. When I put it in the water, it's going to swim just right. So the same thing with jigs and I can keep them, you know, together, closely together uh, in one of these dividers. So my flies look like this, my jigs look like this. And honestly, um, if I can, if I have lures that, and there's room in the boxes, I'll just leave them right in the packs, right in the pack that they come in because salt's the enemy. And if your stuff gets, gets salty, man, it's no good. So I have these vault boxes and then other kind of working boxes. And obviously if the, if the flies or lures are on the rod, they're fine there. You're going to rinse them off with salt. We're going to rinse them off with fresh water at the end of the day because you're rinsing your rods off. They're going to be fine like that. They're going to air dry, be ready to go for the next day. So 
that's uh that's what I like to do with my flies. I'd like to be uh like to know what you how you keep your flies if this is something that you're already doing, if it's uh if it's new to you, um take a picture, post it on Instagram, It'd be kind of cool. If you go with one of those edge boxes, I'd like to see a picture of that too. They're going to unveil them at iCast this week. So that that will be a a cool thing. Um anyway, if you're looking for these bags, you can look up Johnson Bag Company and you can you can buy exactly the bags I'm talking about. I also know that some companies are now coming up with a uh, biodegradable bag. If you can buy those instead of the other ones, I highly suggest it. I'm still working my way through a, a, an order of 5,000 of these bags. So the next order I do will definitely be on the biodegradable ones. And, and if I can find just the right size of biodegradable bags, I'll just go ahead and move over to those. Because unfortunately, you know, when you're fishing tarpon, you're fishing on the flats, it's often very windy. And little things like this, no matter how hard you try, they end up in the ocean. Uh, plastic in the ocean, definitely a problem. Something that we're trying to avoid, trying to figure out what to do about it. Certainly, I don't really want to add to the problem. And uh, these little bags would not be good to be going in the ocean. So mind your trash, throw it in the cooler, um, do something with it, have your trash bin. Um, but if you can get the biodegradable ones, highly recommended. Highly recommended. All right. So if you got any questions about that, hit me up, podcastsaltwaterexperience.com. I hope I explained this uh, in a way that you could you could fully understand it. And uh, if you have any any questions, comments, whatever, send me an email. That'd be awesome. Till next week. See you. to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.